Aloha Maui Nui. Hey, this is the Solar Coaster, a very special episode. Josh Porter and Jason Burkhart, we went to SPI 2019 in Salt Lake City. North America, Smart Energy Week, and we are here today yet. It was a wonderful show, four days of all the latest and greatest innovations in the renewable energy space. We have two great sessions combined to one to learn all about these updates. Suncast Media, Nico Johnson, shout out to him. Uh, our show is sponsored by Pantech Design, LG Chem, and Sundrum Solar. Please enjoy the show. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of companies out there doing storage right now. I think some are, some are new to it, some have a little background, and some are really showcasing the potential of how this can be deployed in both residential and commercial settings. I'll give it a shot again. <laughs> in Japanese, we got a word called zuke, yeah. and you can be anything zuke. You might be podcast I am zuke. I totally podcast zuke. Which is you know, a word that says you've been, you've been in it so much that you're pickled in it. You're yeah. basically in a brine Saturated. of this thing. We are storage zuke today, <laughs> no doubt. Jay and I are still kind of like parsing out what's really Real yeah. and what's not in the storage world out there, <laughs> Isn't that the right? Truth? Definitely the truth. So, you know, we had uh, some time with Ragu Balor of Enphase Energy. One of the most exciting conversations I've had in, you know, since the last time I talked to him, actually. Brilliant guy. There's some really great kind of theoretical ideas of what Enphase is just about to come out with. Now, they didn't bring the Ensemble product to the show. I understand that's Q4, maybe Q1. We did speak with Solar Edge, Leo Handelsman. We had a really great conversation of products that are available right now. I was pretty uh, tickled by that product line and, and I think left that saying, hmm, that would be something I might install in my home, right? Because it had a sure. lot of flexibility and it really reached deep. You also had um, a Panasonic out there, you had Generac out there, you had uh, LG out there uh, and they're all doing storage. And uh, so I would like to just talk a little bit about Solar Edge because it, first of all, it's a product that we know, we, we, we have it in the field. It's one of, I'd say in, in our environment in Hawaii, it's probably something like 60% of market share residential yeah. inverters. And then when we look at Solar Edge, they're moving into a really cool space. They've got their HD wave technology, which they're migrating to uh, shortly and that they can do a storage with a 7.6 all the way up to 11.4. You can stack three of those together, right? So three 11.4s together for your home. You can do two of the uh, batteries that they are now offering themselves with the Solar Edge name. So they've recently had the Kokum acquisition, a, a battery company out of Korea, I think, right? Mm -hmm. So you can do uh, something like, I think, two per inverter, uh, maybe. A total of about six of those batteries. And we'll see if right. I'm right on that. but. I mean, really, that's that that kind of runs the gambit of what a residential system would need in terms of boundaries. Single really battery, single inverter, all the way up to massive amounts of whole home backup for a really, really large. Yeah, yeah. Mansion. And they have a gateway, and it gives you whole home backup backup options. But they also have a series of other pieces of technology. They have their EV charger. They're uh, they're interacting soon with a solar hot water system. So what, what, why is that relevant? Well, you got a system that, first of all, we know and love, and we know it works, right? DC optimized uh, system that is DC coupled. That, that's the way the configuration is set up. But I mean, this system now is going to have the opportunity in a post-NEM environment where you're not simply able to backfeed to the grid and you can take that energy. If your batteries are filled up and if you've already met all your loads, you could take that energy and move it over to your hot water heater or you could take that energy and move it over to your EV. And I think that kind of technology from a company that we know can deliver that mm -hmm. technology is probably one of the most exciting things in the world. So that's my pick for the show. If I'm putting in a solar system right now with storage, uh, I gotta tell you, at this minute, I'm probably uh, considering SolarEdge. I like how you frame that because it's a company that we know is gonna be around for a while, so we can depend on that. And they're thinking, how can we use this energy in all aspects of where we totally. might need energy? And so it's not just one size fits all, it's moving that energy where you need it, when you need it, when it makes the most sense. 
Super exciting. Should we go uh, to the other side of the aisle here with the in-phase? Uh, we're we're going to go into the future then <laughs> because this is not a product that's actually available yet. We're talking about in-phase. So Solar Edge is the product that you choose today. Yep. Sounds like so Jason's spitting with... Product, the product of tomorrow. We had that fantastic interview with uh, Ragu Balor on Monday, even pre-show, and we got taken through the entire ensemble product line, which is what they're, what they're calling it. Now, they have a couple different pieces of that. There's the IQ8 microinverters. Now, microinverters, we're starting to see uh, resurface again. The Enphase IQ7s are available, and from what I understand, they're going to interact with the new ensemble package. So if you buy Enphase microinverters, or if you, if, if you bought Enphase within the last year, you're actually pretty product safe, but you'll be able to get it. You need to get the battery and, and the rest. So you don't have to wait for the ensemble micros to, in order to get storage. You, you don't have to wait the for the ensemble IQ7s battery and the intelligence module. These these IQ7s are going to be able to interact with the IQ8s that are what they're calling grid forming, right? So that's the key term there. You have battery system. They're going to have their in-charge battery system. That actually includes a number of IQ8 inverters which are they're going to be their standard piece and this is part of the part of the, the neat part of the trick um, these are all IQ8s whether it's in the battery whether it's on the back of the yeah. panel they're all the same they're going to reach massive scale really really inexpensive really really quickly because they're using the same component across the entire product line so the battery will be grid forming once you buy that and it will actually talk to the IQ7s and then you'll be able to cut to island that's what strikes me about what I'm starting to see in this space. Is we're starting to see two sets of markets arising with different companies serving those markets. You've got the virtual power plants and operating in those, um, those auctions, demand response, what have you. And then you have your off-grid companies who they know off-grid, they want, they're robust, and they just want to stay there and keep serving that market. What do you think about that observation? Well, there certainly are, if I may, there certainly are the uh, the outbacks of the world that have been traditionally kind of like off-grid. Sure. Uh, or like Blue right? Planet Energy. Yep. Yeah, you know, this is a great point because we're good friends with a lot of people at Blue mm -hmm. Planet. And, you know, and, and there has been a discussion within Blue Planet of, of really kind of working towards off-grid. I don't know that, I don't know exactly what the company mantra is per se. They can certainly do grid interactive. Mm -hmm. They came to Maui, they did some installations in Maui, we hung out with them, spent some time, had Hank on the air, had the rest of the Kyle Bulger, all the yeah. great people in the air. Yeah. And you know, they, they, there was definitely a language of, hey, we do really well in the high-end the high resi off-grid space. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of our yeah. world, Well, right? they're, I mean, they're, they're an island company. They know about island power. And so I, I see them targeting Puerto Rico and mm -hmm. other places where yeah. robust off-grid power or on-grid off-grid power is important. Yeah, backup's key for backup. them. And and we were just talking with Lori yesterently, and and apparently, you know, they've done tremendous amount of work. They, in fact, they had a really great deal up. They had put together with the Red Cross uh, mm -hmm. in Puerto Rico, mm -hmm. and they did something like a hundred and something schools, mm -hmm. and it's a really massive project. Yeah. So that kind of yeah. speaks to that. And, and, then, and it's yeah. not the most inexpensive solution either. I mean, they, they, well, they are they Murata are. lithium iron phosphate. Yeah, it is. It's <laughs> kind of the you yeah, know the, the filet mignon of storage. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, they, but they put a tremendous amount of effort into their safety protocols. Right. And it's the first first company that I know of to get cell level mm -hmm. safety approved. They don't actually don't have to go through module level certification because the cells are already safe. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah, there, no, there, uh, to your point, there are definitely companies that have, that are interpreting this storage challenge differently. 
you know? Yeah. And they are going to be serving slightly different markets. Um, I do think that Enphase could be on to something very special with this idea of buyers and sellers. You know, like a, a solar panel is a seller, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, an appliance is a buyer, and they have this marketplace and this machine learning going on. But it's, and then they're forming this whole thing. It's unbelievable what he's talking about. I mean, you, please t listen to, watch the YouTube video that we yeah. put up with, yeah, with, with Ragu. We put it up, go to the Solar Coaster YouTube to, to watch that Amazing. one. Amazing. Um, the machine learning aspect, I didn't even get to that yet. It, it's basically meant to learn your patterns. It comes pretty standard as, um, as a normal grid goes out, you know, you have your absolutely necessary loads, but then it will learn your use patterns, mm -hmm. learn your lifestyle, so and exciting. will automatically, instead of you having to go through a, an app, a programmer right. interface, whatever it happens to be. I don't even want to wanna be, program nobody wants anything. To. Nobody wants yeah, to. Microwave. Yeah, keep it simple. <laughs> no. So this is always it's going to take that all out of your hands, but it learns how you live and will have your appliances ready for you when you use them. The ultimate smart home. Yeah. Beyond one, one, what we've been. One thinking. thing that, that that Ragu and Martin and the guys at Enphase are doing differently, completely differently, is that their micros have the capability to provide backup power in the absence of any storage. I did mm. say that. I did say that. Wow. So they're grid forming, and we, you know, we actually had a, a lot of uh, contentious conversations after that first time we brought that to air. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're and, and Jason's going to talk about the, the ASIC <laughs> chips and about what makes that possible. It does it sounds counterintuitive, right? Oh, absolutely. So these microinverters, um, with them, the typical microinverter bonuses. You know, you get, as a microinverter comes online, they typically come online a little, in a little less light conditions. They are they're individually starting to output power, and you get a much squarer kind of curve throughout the day. But the, um, and this, these are the IQ8s you're talking about. Yep. They will be able to uh, negotiate amongst themselves and start that 60 hertz sine, 50 hertz if you're from other parts of the world, 60 hertz sine wave, and start outputting power onto a grid without any additional hardware at all. So even if there's no storage out there, as soon as the sun comes up just enough to activate the microinverter, it will start outputting power. It's and and that, could, that can enable you to have a trailer, for example. Right, but you can, <laughs> that can island, and that can and not back feed to the grid in an average scenario, yep, and provide backup power in the absence of storage. Now, I don't think I don't that don't that's going to... backup power, it's just power. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is why, you know, like, this could be where the future goes for sure, and I have a lot of confidence in Enphase, but yeah, it's pretty amazing. I like that you bring up the microgrids. I like to look at startups, that's sort of my gig. And uh, there's two companies out here just on this show floor that are taking that microinverter concept mm -hmm. to the battery. Right, sure. And putting the battery underneath the solar panel uh, and, and trying to rethink battery format. Nice. Not even an AC module, but a full power module. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. Saying that it's going to be simpler to install, um, yada, yada, yada. I, whether or not all of that um, turns out to be true, I like that there are companies out there that are attempting to rethink how we are going to use a battery and where we're going to put it because these batteries can be very big. They can take up a lot of livable space. They can, you know. People don't always like how they look. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, there's a place there. There's a place there for that conversation. I find it fascinating. You know, I've thought about it in the past as well, and I've seen a couple of these companies kind of uh, moving in that direction, yeah. right? Whether it's in the CNI space and using the batteries as a ballast mm -hmm. in, in place of something like concrete. Like Yoda. Uh, right, yeah. yeah. And Or whether it's in the residential space and it looks like it kind of adheres to the racking or it's connected mm -hmm. to the racking similar to a microinverter. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there are different kind of companies that are approaching that idea. Of course, it seems to be the lithium iron phosphates that are much more stable 
stable mm-hmm. in uh, you know inclement weather and in you know, high, higher heat conditions and things like that. But it's a heck of a thing to put a battery on a roof. It's a really it's, it's that's a, a big yeah. Extremely hostile, Spe- especially yeah. when <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned uh, the Murata lithium iron phosphate because Yada is another Murata licensee, right? Oh, there you go. So you go. therein lies the question. Like this sounds like an excellent technology. Why Murata lithium iron phosphate if you're going to put it up on the roof behind a solar panel where you're going to experience higher heat? Uh, why would they do that? Mm. Well, I mean, it just has very little chance of thermal runaway. And it has to do with the quality. Uh, we, we've been educated really by Hank, frankly. Mm-hmm. We've gone to his farm in Big Island. We sat down and watched all his videos, listened to his staff. And they told us all. They just talked about the benefits of very, very high quality lithium yep. iron phosphate. Yep. When, when I think about I'll tell you a little idea I have. And it's not proprietary. But I think that if you were to go for a panel level storage, right? Mm-hmm. I would say that you would want to incorporate some thermal mm-hmm. because you could run some thermal on the backside of that panel and yeah. you could extract the waste heat from not only the panel but also the storage. So that's Josh's idea. Well, look, I mean, <laughs> it's one, two years ago, JLM was here, JLM tried this. It's not a new, it's not a new idea. Why, it, what technology is enabling behind the solar panel or under the solar panel storage micro storage adaptation that JLM couldn't accomplish with, uh, with you know, millions of dollars raised? Well, I think when JLM was offering their product line, they were not doing the panel level. They started out, what was the name of it? Phasers. Mm-hmm. That was Phasers, the name. that's right. And prior to that, they were spending a lot of time on Energizer. And, you know, this is a different time period. It's about four or five years ago, right? Yeah. And you're looking at now this, the very early in the energy storage market. Mm-hmm. To, now, to talk about just storage in general at that point, it was a completely different world. Mm. You know, you had to look at issues of uh, what's the, is the utility ready to, to interact with uh, on-grid storage systems? You know, uh, is the county level ready to permit these things? Those types of things didn't exist. Now you get into the, this stage of the conversation and you know, maybe we're at a place where we've, we've, we understand storage a little bit better where we could, we could not only have systems installed on our homes, but we can start talking about having them installed on our roofs as well. So that yeah. it, it could be just a matter of, you know, kind of that arc of acceptance of we're also, the technology. We're also working with different price points now than we were five, sure. even five no, years absolutely. ago. Fair enough, fair <laughs> right. enough. I think software is also a big deal right now because installers are still trying to grapple with how do they sell storage, how do they integrate it, how can how can they ensure that it's going to pencil out. And so I've, I've talked to a lot of startups here who are offering software platforms for solar plus yeah. storage mm-hmm. and really helping installers to acquire these customers because they can provide a report that really shows this is what we can expect and this is very close to what is actual. Right, like like a design system? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is important. I mean, guys like Energy Toolbase, for example, yep. recently acquired mm-hmm. by Payson Power, mm-hmm. they, you know, they were one of the first to come out and yep. actually be able to model, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and then, of course, you had Solar Nexus. Yep. Solar Nexus was doing some really exciting stuff in that area very early. Prior to that, I'll tell you what, we had spreadsheets that friends were sharing with each other from Australia to New help. Jersey to Hawaii. I mean, it was like, <laughs> and we just had no idea on how to model that stuff. And, right. they, were, and they were right. all wrong. Your point. Well, <laughs> they, were, they were all wrong. So now we've got a few more years of data that we can leverage. And I, <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. I'll tell you a funny story real fast. The, when one of those spreadsheets, I remember in like around 2015, we were trying to model these things to get ROI for on-grid storage. And you would literally have to data crunch for hours inside of the spreadsheet. Oh my gosh! For hours. What? What? What else? Are we. I, I you have to love storage to do that. Yeah. You. You press play and then you go and drink some coffee or something. Like, <laughs> so that's an intense regression analysis right there. Lisa, what else uh, struck your fancy walking around the trade show? Um, I mean, Prolin Energy. They're doing something interesting where they're you know they're they're really able to source these uh, cells 
and offer them at commodity pricing, so cutting yeah. out the middleman. So I thought, well, that's an interesting take on things. Yeah, well, Poland is led by a ridiculously well-capable team. I yeah. mean, Jeff, Jeff Brown and his team did the first grid-scale storage integration in California. They were among the first to do these large-scale utility interconnections in California. I mean, these guys know what's up with utility scale. Mm-hmm. And they partnered with SunGrid out of Canada, who really knows how to deploy these systems and have a lot of, a lot of experience under their belt. I think it's interesting that you brought Poen to the table. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a great find. So not that I think we should or could choose favorites, but I wonder, do, do, do any of these technologies or companies that you see, purely from a team perspective, mm-hmm. show just outsized promise? Some of the coolest people have been in the panel controls area, mm. and that's directly related to storage because if you can you know, have control over your panel and start to load shed, then you don't uh-huh. need to upsize these systems for backup, right? And there's all kinds of granularity. And Sounds like you might you be get. getting luminous. Well, yeah, no, Lumen's <laughs> one example of, that, of, of a great uh, organization. And you know, uh, the, you know, Kevin O'Shea and uh, Val and, and, and Alex. Uh, Alex. You know, these are really cool people yeah. that uh, people that everyone's really looking at right now and saying, "Well, wow, this technology is super important." Yeah. And uh, that, the, so the Lumen technology, I think, is that's a perfect example of, of an answer of, a, of that question of what types of teams are out there that might the teams themselves might have a competitive advantage. Yeah, I'll tell you. I, I mean, we did an in-person interview with Alex and the team up in Charlottesville back in uh, March or April. And not only did I learn about playing ping pong on a solar panel, which is one of the more complicated things I've had to accomplish this year, (laughs) but I learned about the the sheer velocity with which they're doing product adaptation. They're already on Gen 8 after three years. The average generational gap between one generation and the next uh, generation of product is somewhere about 18 months. These guys are iterating beyond every generation before that generation is exhausted, right? So I love that you pulled up Lumen because when you look at a team, they have a team that is absolutely 100% focused on bringing the right product to market, not on eking out every dollar they've spent on this generation and trying to get deployments of this generation. I look at the work that they're doing and I think about other, sh- there's another Charlottesville company that's escaping my mind. They were the, they're the interface that Nissan used to do, to sell power back from the car, oh, right? Wow. The first time ever. Bi-directional uh, right, interface. Bi-directional or, yeah. interface for, for vehicles. What that company is doing for electric vehicles is what, in many ways, Lumen is doing for every storage company and every uh, residential homeowner in the world, right? Like you can put this thing on the electrical panel and it allows you to have ultimate whole home control. Mm-hmm. I mean, my mind, uh, yeah. it's a mind warp to think about what that, what implications there are there when, when you start contemplating micro and nano grids, when you start contemplating blockchain and, and transactive yeah, energy. Oh, he's in the blockchain. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to make it in at least once. Absolutely. <laughs> no, it's a great point. It's a great point about the, the, the people that are making, that are bringing this tech forward, you know? And I got to tell you, I actually had the same kind of thought yesterday as I was leaving the show. I remember feeling like, wow, there are some great teams of people, so much so that I was like, oh, I'd like to be able to hang out with them more often. I'd like to be a part of the things they're creating. And you don't get that very often, right? Sure. Where you run around and you come to a group of people and you're like, man, this is just a good group of people. And the tech is not in isolation of the people. They're, they're, they're really kind of a symbiotic thing. It's like the tech is evolving because mm-hmm. of the people and you know, it's vice versa. So really, um, yeah, there's some special organizations out there and I think that's one of them. You know, I did see, I gotta tell you, along the, the ping pong table conversation, I saw a picture that I think Lumen posted of one of the, the that new company, uh, Span, who we interviewed today, mm-hmm. playing ping pong together on the tables. These mm, are two companies that are going after a yeah. similar thing, but they the like-minded people that are coming together and saying, ah, oh, we're doing you know really cool things. Yeah, they get, they've got way too much to talk about. No right? one else here will understand it. So. Ah. 
Wow. <laughs> they need to talk to each other. It's good. I might not understand. Did, there are some other people I can understand. You know, one of the things that I think is a really cool um, adaptation in the market that is really smart, and I'm, uh, I love that you brought Yada to the table. Speaking of teams working together, and I don't know if you guys noticed this, but Yada has a distribution deal or sort of partnership with Panel Claw. Yeah. Right. That is just yeah. genius, well, right? The, the battery mm -hmm. serves as perfect, ballast. Exactly. They're yeah. using the batteries as a ballast, right? Yeah. I know they've got their ballast on display over at the mm -hmm. Panel Claw booth. And it's a, I think it's a great integration and symbiotic relationship where you've got a world-class like market category leading by miles, mm -hmm. a company like Panel Claw, mm -hmm. giving an endorsement to an, a, a newcomer, right? A newcomer mm -hmm. in the storage industry. They're going outside of their wheelhouse and finding technology that's going to give them a competitive advantage in the market. Yeah. And Yada smartly is creating a technology that is going to give an already established player an advantage. Right. This is a really, yeah, and, and yeah, for sure. Those kinds of relationships are, are like really exciting when you see them, right? Uh, but Yada, is that how we pronounce it? Yada. Yoda, Yoda. 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 Like I've always Yoda said Yada. Yoda, right? So, <laughs> you say Yoda, I say Yada. <laughs> Yada Wada. Let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> I think it was like Yoda, like Yoda Watt. You know? I think it's like Yoda Watt. Yeah, yeah. it's Yoda, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I think that, that that technology is really exciting because you have, when you start thinking about CNI work and the, the, uh, and the roofs on like, uh, let's say a hotel or something, right? If you're putting in a 500 kilowatt, a megawatt system, they have, if it's one kilowatt hour per panel, right? So yeah. if you put in like, let's say it's a, you know, a, I don't know, 500 panels, the actual, you don't, you could, you, a fraction of those would be necessary for your typical storage pairing for like a standard mm. interconnection agreement where mm. you want to just basically mitigate your draw, mitigate your draw from the grid. So I could see it working. And then you're, you're and you're, of course, you're reducing the amount of concrete you got to bring up to the roof mm -hmm. to, to put down. Oh, as, you still got to uh, bring those batteries up though. Still so. bring the batteries up. It's the same. You're still bringing weight up there. Yeah. Right. Dual use. Yeah. Well. It is exciting what everything that we see happening. I think, uh, I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, Sonnen. Oh, right. Yeah, you read my mind. Oh, right. Yeah, sure. Did That's right. We didn't talk about Sonnen. They have a big, big deal right here in Salt Lake City. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I guess we were saving the kind of like big announcement for last, but there was a big party last night at uh, Soleil Lofts, I think yeah. it's pronounced. I'm yep. not sure if that's right. Yep. But you're talking about 600 units of uh, well, condos, but apartments. they're apartments actually, yeah. uh, due to be rented out. About 12 megawatts of solar on roof. Uh, they're using the ballasted tilt. Didn't see any, uh, uh, any Yoda watt there, of course. But then they have uh, carports, and those lofts themselves are areas where they put the solaria panels yeah. on. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of solar up there. And then each individual unit has a, a Sonnen Ecolinks system. And mm. this is, uh, I guess, the first VPP that's being it's, uh, it's deployed. Being, yeah. uh, Virtual power plant. Yeah. 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 It, it, it really a pretty radical step. And a total coincidence, apparently. You know, we were there talking to the guys last night, and they're like, we didn't plan this. Right. We've been working on this for two years. Yeah, we and didn't know SDR so was going to be here. And it just so happened that we're in Salt Lake, <laughs> and you can drive over for 30 minutes. Amazing. I'm Pretty. still confused about how all this is being paid for, though, because those are pretty big batteries in those yeah. units, and the un it's coming. those batteries are coming with the cost of your rental. Yeah. How so does somebody, a pencil, what's paying, the business case? for that? I, I, I did ask that question, yeah. is where, where's the electric bill come from? They're paying a reduced rate for electricity, and they we're not quite sure. They said it'll probably still come from the utility. Hmm. Oh, where would the bill come from? Where would the bill actually come from? So yeah. it's, it's, not a, it's not like a strict PPA system where you're paying a third party now for your electricity. Um, it's, it's not, we're it's not sure. It's fuzzy. Yeah, we're not well, sure. I mean, they weren't is, sure. This is a, a deal that started with, uh, with Rocky Mountain Power. Correct. And the developer. And uh, Sonnen came in, and, and then of course, uh, Jean-Baptiste and some of our friends from Sonnen HQ, I believe were part of that conversation from the, from the get. 
right, mm -hmm. with Rocky Mountain Power. Yeah. And they said, that they, what they said was that the reason this worked was that you had a motivated and uh, you had a utility that was motivated in the right direction. They didn't have to wait for public policy or they didn't have to wait for a PUC to come in and, and encourage the utility mm -hmm. to do it, but Rocky Mountain Power had the right attitude from the get. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's what John Baptiste yeah. said. Uh, yeah. He's the managing director of e-services over at um, Sony. And Sony. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they're I'm sure they're treating this as a proof of concept and sort of building the airplane while it's in the air in terms of you know how things are going to pencil out. So I, I'm going to ask a dumb question because I didn't go to the thing when they say that it's a virtual power plant. In what capacity and what way is it a virtual power plant? Yeah, for those so who are unfamiliar with how this is all working and, and out. And that word is, is, is it's kind of one of those words where it can, it can reference a lot of different things. And I think it's being used uh, kind of generally right now, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And we didn't really get into the specifics of what the uh, the deal between Rocky Mountain Power and Soleil Lofts is. Mm. But suffice it to say that uh, you have storage on a per unit basis. Uh, there's the opportunity to be able to uh, possibly uh, mitigate the, uh, the draw of energy through that. Uh, you could also... Um, uh, provide backup power, those those capacities are there. But I think that w when you talk about the relationship between Rocky Mountain Power and Soleil Lofts, they're probably talking about uh, being able to have control over those assets mm -hmm. right. and utilize them to uh, for various types of grid services. Now, what yeah. is that value stacking? What are those yeah. grid services? I, I'm not privy to that. Of course. But that, that control, they do have control over those assets. That yeah, was something And has mature software to do this type of thing. So they, they've, they've done it before, multiple installations all across Europe. It's just this is the first instance of it actually right. happening within the continental United States. Fantastic. They did say 12.6 megawatt hours of planned energy storage. So wow. That's a lot. <laughs> 12.6 yeah. megawatt hours. I wonder if that's what they meant when they said 12. I thought Possible. they were talking about the PV and I was yeah, like, I don't think it fit 12 yeah, I don't think it's 12, but yeah. it's like a lot more storage yeah. than even the PV capacity. And that's interesting because is it truly a way for Rocky Mountain Power to store excess mm -hmm. solar even from other parts of the grid? Well, that could be interesting. Well, that would, if, they're, if they're eco links 20s, then that would give you 12 megawatt hours because yeah. they're 600 plus 600 units. units. So exactly. there you go. That's the math. What, yeah. I, what I do find fascinating is, or not fascinating, interesting, <laughs> that um, uh, a lot of the articles I read around this announcement talked about, you know, people have blackouts, the grid goes down, these batteries can be used for that. But is it really going to island? I think people assume that their battery is going to be useful when the grid's down, and then when the grid does go down, their battery and solar don't work. They're confused as to why. Sure. Well, there's a lot in this. There's a lot in this. You have a, a list, a rank-ordered list of things that this technology can accomplish, right. right? On the one hand, I think if you're a tenant and you're saying, hey, I want to live in this really cool place, but this is the nicest apartment I ever saw, right? You can get in there for a great value. Now you can say, hey, I'm, I'm green conscious. I'm not admitting as many GHGs as I was when I was buying energy from you know, a, a coal-powered kind of utility. So you have that one value proposition. You also have the ability to save money. They, they, they said that there was a commitment to save at minimum 10% off the conventional electric bill, right? Okay, so you're renting a house, you come in, you have your, your green conscious, and you're saving some money. Okay, we don't know how much that ultimately Like, really, like yeah, you're living in a one-room apartment, how much energy are you really going to use? Oh, jeez. I, I yeah. mean, I yeah. live in a three-bedroom apartment, with, and I'm lucky if I spend electric vehicle chargers out front, you start, oh, sure. you start yeah. pulling a decent amount of sure. power, and, that, and that's where I could absolutely see it. You have an EV, you live on this in this apartment building, which is absolutely covered with solar, and you're charging your car by that. Mm-hmm. Driving on sunshine. Yeah, I mean the business case is is kind of opaque. 
but the value that is there to having storage, I mean, it's we know what it can do, right? And and how will that be ranked ordered is kind of the question that I was getting to. It's like, would backup power be a real priority? Well, you would think it would, but maybe there's other For something else. For us, at the I think moment. it definitely is. I, I lose power at my house it's once, a, twice a month. Still. As soon as the power's out, it's a priority. Right, power quality too, <laughs> though, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> quality quality is a big deal. We saw that a lot. They have to push that sine wave back into mm-hmm. synchronous rhythm. They need a significant amount of power to push it in in any one direction. And I love just how nerdy you guys can get on this oh, topic. Not, we haven't started yet. I was thinking of get hold us back. You guys are you guys are awesome. Awesome. Well, it's a lot of there's a lot of exciting technology out there. One of the things that surprises me, frankly, is how small, relatively, the footprint of Energy Storage International is this year, given how much energy storage itself is just in the it's in the limelight. It is the it's. I mean, they're hitting the runway. They're hitting the front stretch. Absolutely, but. What you want to take into account is that all the energy storage is actually being integrated with everybody else who's over there in the solar side right, of things. Right. So Panasonic, LG, Solar Edge, yeah. they've all got Sun Power. Sun Power has its, its, its uh, storage. Them yeah, yeah. Um, so and a they, bunch of other have, guys they have storage, but they, they don't need a booth over here in storage. Because it's a really it's all yeah, it's a really good vendor. It's a really it's good point. Solar plus storage. and they're all, and they're yeah. still a part, and they're, and they're very much a part of Energy Storage International, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, with with PG&E talking about how it's going to pull back power. Um, conservatively, if they feel like their oh, fire might um, be sparked. Sure. Uh, and also TOU rates happening in California on the residential side. It's already yep. on business side, but in no, residential, I think you're really going to start seeing energy storage uh, growing very quickly because mm. the business yep. model, no the ROI, and the pain points that your average person is going to be experiencing, especially when the power is going to be going out more and more, yep. energy storage is going to explode in the next couple of years. That's my prediction. She said it, not me. <laughs> <laughs> you can't use that word. <laughs> so um, here's the thing, right? I agree with you on the, the business case that there is going to be a big appetite for energy storage. If you're getting solar, why not get storage? There's going to be uh, a few reasons or motivations to make that decision, right? But the big, uh, from you know, from the having seen a handful of different types of technology going over the last few years in Hawaii where it was kind of on the forefront. I would say it's the it's the companies that can produce the the, the simple interface, the simple installation mm-hmm. can create a value and, and reduce costs that are really going to be able to help kind of scale things up. Because right now, you know, up until very very recently, it was super complex for an installer to, to put storage in and do it right. And I'm not talking about battery backup. That's mm-hmm. a different ballgame. Hey, you want a battery? Yeah, sure. Okay, great. There it is. You got your your, your four gang outlet. You're good to go, right? But if you're talking about it working in a self supply functionality and also serving as backup and and and, and Forbid, you know, even uh, grid services. Now you get all these and all these different We're functionalities. TOU. There's all <laughs> kinds of stuff in here. This is very sophisticated stuff. And getting, you know, your average install, Joe installer, like Josh and his friends, to put it together is a tough thing. So it needs to be simple, elegant, and kind of well conceived. Let's jump right into it. And I'd like to start with best of show, and nobody had a better view of the. The, the best of show uh, celebration than the solar coaster. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was something that really kind of took us by surprise. Of course, REC is a spectacular company. They're known for being headquartered in Singapore. They have complete vertical integration, complete control, QC over their panels. And we wanted to, you know, st- get in there and do an interview, do one of our long format interviews mm-hmm. with, I think it was Carrie Hayes, yep. uh, president of the America Group. And then, so it was great to be able to sit down with him. Jay put this together last minute, last night. We got in there around 10 or 11 with them, sat down, had a conversation. Now, this booth is 
<clears throat> never quite seen a booth like this. Been to a lot of trade shows in my life, my life here, gentlemen. And I'll tell you, this booth was something like a 20-foot tall video wall. And if that wasn't enough, 20 feet of uh, a video floor, I guess you call it, like a dance floor, almost. Something. Yeah, so, it was amazing. And just video of everything, like like the International Space Station, all these kind of ambitious, wonderful uh, kind of images. We got a chance to do uh, uh, an interview with uh, Carrie there, and then you know we learned all about that Alpha series, that 380-watt module. We learned all about that. You know, we talked a little bit about the future of what REC is moving forward with. And then in the middle of that interview, as we were so kind of chuffed about this wonderful location interview we were doing with REC, along comes the award for the best booth. And we were able to record that as well. And they accepted that award right there on that show. So that was a cool experience. Yeah, they won best of show and they absolutely deserved it. It was so impressive. I heard a lot of the uh, the staff there talking that you, re- you really have to not pay attention to it because if you sit there and watch it while you're standing there, you'll get vertigo and fall over. Right? <laughs> it's a powerful booth. <laughs> Well, I, I really enjoy the technology that they're putting out there, uh, you know, but for me, you see the two Alpha Series modules, one on either side, and every single detail about that product excites me. It's a hetero junction. I, I wrote an article on this for PV Magazine saying hetero junction will be the revolution for modules because right now we think silicon's going to start maxing out soon. Well. There are people who are thinking about this professionally and very hard. Um, Meyer Berger, they're one mm. of the most advanced solar panel machine makers in globally. They've made this very unique new system for for this company, for uh, REC. And as you said, REC has some of the best tracking of their equipment. They, they track the individual silicon ingots as they come out. And then they track the wafers. And then they track the cells. And then they track the module. So at every level, if something occurs, they know what's going on. Now they're throwing on arguably one of the most advanced technologies on solar modules. That might be the thing that drives us to above 30% efficiency. And it's just exciting. I'm glad that they had this great booth because it shows off their product more so. And I want to influence everybody to start considering this heterojunction technology because it's what's going to take us to the next bump. It's what's going to be a huge price change, a new, a huge shift in how we do things. And uh, you know, all these arguments that we hear from the from the naysayers, from the deniers, saying, "Ah, solar is not efficient enough." Well, you're wrong, and <laughs> and, 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 and we are correct. And uh, I'll see you in the rearview mirror if that's going to be your <laughs> attitude. So, nice. man, visit REC. Check out that product. It's beautiful. Absolutely fantastic. I, I we neglected to mention was how he talked about the quality of REC products as well. They have that totally integrated factory. It's literally sand comes in one side, get the silicon, make the ingots, do everything, wires, laminates, <laughs> make the frame, and the panels come out the other side. It's one long chain of three factories, I think he said. But what did he call it? The Willy Wonka factory. The Willy Wonka and he factory said, of he solar. said he has Oompa-loompas. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah so it's, a totally, it's a totally clean room facility, so they literally have a whole bunch of guys all running around in clean room suits. I think he said it's a sand-to-cell technology, right? Yeah, sand-to-cell. In the Wonka factory. Oompa-loompas with PhDs that make solar panels. Yes, they do. I thought all oompa had a PHD. Anyway, Probably. It's, it's a, I, I it's a so. prerequisite. Yeah. Otherwise, you can't touch golden foil. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was good. All right. So we could geek out on tech all day and know for sure that the three of you have gone deep on in terms of your evaluation of where the industry is going. I'd love to hear your perspective. The show itself continues to expand. It's now North America Smart Energy Week. We, we are sitting in the hydrogen ballroom. Just on the other side of this ballroom is energy storage. You took a EV ride along. How do you feel 
about the expansion of the show. It, it has always been solar. It's been really successful as a solar show. What do you feel like, generally speaking, because you were interacting with a bunch of people, how do you feel it was received that this show is growing beyond solar? Oh, this show is much more than solar. And the solar coaster itself is, is way more than, than solar as well. It's almost too large. We're literally having the conversation of needing a second team to cover what we need to cover because there's so many people out here doing fantastic work, great products, really neat, interesting innovations, and you cannot see it all. We, you know, we wanted to do a bunch of hydrogen today, and we ended up not, you know, just kind of picking up from the things we missed throughout right. the week. But the thing that occurs to me is that as it diversifies, as it grows, and we start to see technology like electric vehicles, okay, that's a, it's a certain use that's very exciting. And you start to see uh, smart controls like, uh, you know, Span and Lumen and Pantech Design and all these things happening where you're, you're starting to get acquainted with your devices, with your usage, with your shedding of production and loads to balance things out. So now it's getting, it's getting outside of just simple generation mm -hmm. and just simple storage I mean, simple storage what's yeah, that right, right? but it get, getting out moving into all these devices that are exciting so in my view when i saw all of this diversification i said you know what people are going to become more and more interested outside of the industry i mean pv is enough for you and i to sit down and talk about and geek out and have a good time but pv might not interest you know the, the, the bulk of the folks you know in yeah. our society but they certainly like evs they definitely like to see the uh the tesla x do the uh christmas celebration There's, thing there was that <laughs> they like the soleil uh, virtual power plants where you can get you know and e there's people are able to rent a home and not have to be a super rich person but they can get access right. to an eco links and be able to you know green their lives and move towards you know eco consciousness i mean yeah. that's broadening the interest and the acceptance and the embracement and the embracing of this yeah the energy storage game is really what's taking solar from being a cool technology to being the power grid yeah. and and that's really what's going to occur the energy storage piece the products like lumen and span these things are really broadening the solar industry and it's making it the energy industry. And pretty soon, this is not going to be Solar Power International. This is just going to be Energy International because right. we're going to run the grid and that's the way it's happening. Yeah, I, I mean, Julia and, and Abby already said, you know, this is the energy show. It's yeah. the largest it's in the, the nation, largest what I was in the told. Nation. Yeah. It's the largest energy related show in the nation. Yeah, I'd agree wholeheartedly. Really, the, the show is about the intelligence. It's about managing energy. It's not just about storing energy. It's about being able to change your, change the use pattern of your house, but not changing your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I visited Clean Coalition, and uh, they're a Southern California-based group. And what they're doing with a lot of their projects, they're, they're working on a community level. They're not even looking at your house. They're looking at the city because in California they have these fire shutdowns that are powering mm -hmm. down the grid because they, they start fires occasionally. And so what they're doing, they're going into say North Bay community and they're looking at strategic places to put in special interconnection equipment where you can then deploy energy backup for when the grid shuts down and so that the city stays up because there's one power line going into this one city, Calistoga, and that's the only power line and the city is surrounded by literally a red map and I'm showing it to the guys here in the booth. And this red map is defined as the fire safety warning area. Wow. And there is one power line that comes to this whole city. And when the, if that gets shut down, you have people with no electricity. I mean, and it's not just an inconvenience for, you know, ah, I can't play video games now. These are, there's people with medical issues. There's food safety, there's children, babies, you know, you got to manage society. And now solar plus storage is the safety tool. It's not just the cool, warm and fuzzy, gonna save the world 
we're keeping people alive because I mean, of what know, we're doing. Just to jump to jump off that exact comment, about a month ago, two months ago maybe, in Maui, we had a brush fire that was, I think, somewhere between about 10,000 acres, okay? It's a big chunk of land in the valley. And uh, Maui Brewing Company uh, has about 1.2 megs of solar. They've got about three megawatt hours of Tesla power packs. They get a whole bunch of other really cool technologies. And when that went off, South Maui actually got shut down. You couldn't get out of South Maui. And the and and the and the fire crews and the helicopters were out there trying to put this out. I was trying to get my wife and my daughter uh, to the airport because they were going on a trip. Uh. I literally could not get out of South Maui. Where wow. did we go? We went to Maui Brewing Company. I, I, I pinged my friends over there and I was like, hey guys, I'm coming over. Why? Because I know they got three megawatt hours of storage. <laughs> and that thing was literally designed. Part of their conversation with the utility That's was to provide a, uh, a almost like a community center in the case of outages. So while people were saying, oh, let's go to the school it's, it's got a generator. I'm like, I'm going to Maui Brewing Company. We right. started to have a couple of uh, beers in the tasting room. I brought my dogs in, my two Goldens. They were sitting right there at the tasting room. They were all cool. <laughs> that is what, just what you just described. You know, organizations can have their own grids. And then mm -hmm. when stuff goes down, they can kind of fire up and help help the community. That's, that speaks of the evolution of solar so much. I mean, it's, you know, we're far beyond just some panels on a roof now. We're, we are the power grid. We're building the power grid, starting at your house and just going outwards. And it's not going to stop. I love how this conversation has evolved to so much more than just Solar Power International. I mean, we're really philosophizing right now on how, where the industry's going, and it's all fueled by the energetic uh, rise that we have from this week, from being here all together. Uh, you know, you get a chance in one location to not only see all the cool technology that's coming out and, uh, and that, is, that is transforming the way that we bring energy and stability and resilience to communities, but we get to put a face with a name. Speaking of meeting people, today um, I met Nick Ostav. He's, uh, he's a salesman with Ontility. And he and I have been chatting via email to buy modules and different things back and forth. He, he cold called me a long time ago. He knows I build and he's just, you know, he's trying to pitch the modules. And today we shook hands for the first time. So first off, it was just great to meet the human yeah. being that mm -hmm. I talk with. And it's like, oh, that's what you look like. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. And but we start chatting about different projects and I'm telling him about one of the projects he's bid some modules into that I might have closed a deal today, which makes me feel really Ooh. happy. I'm going to drink a beer. Yeah. And uh, we're chatting about the modules and uh, the in initial offer he gave us modules. It just didn't fit. The modules were too low wattage. I told him what the contractor wanted. He goes, oh, well, I just got modules that are 10 watts higher than what your contractor wants. I said, well, let me make a phone call. And literally, I picked up the phone in front of him called the contractor I said he has 395 watt you had 385 the original order was 355 do you want 395 he goes yeah send it to me right now that's exactly what I want yeah, that's and good. right there wow. it's just that that flow when you shake that hand when you're there with the people when you're there with the experts the people yeah. who really know stuff it things happen fast when you're a human <laughs> being communicating there and, and and that moment for me it was like oh this this is totally worth one a five hundred a six hundred dollar ticket whatever the ticket yeah. is to get in it's like that right there made it worth it because now I'm going to fit more wattage on this roof because this guy and I had a, a random sideways conversation. And yeah. That felt good. I was really happy with that moment. You bring up something that's actually really important about the nature of these trade shows. A lot of folks think we're just going, uh, there's just for the, you know, folks that are just there for the parties and to get uh, a sense of what the next modules the are. The parties are pretty good though. They are pretty good, <laughs> no, no doubt. But, you know, I remember early on being, uh, flabbergasted, just sort of floored, surprised at the volume of transactions that take place at these trade shows. And th there are countless companies that waste their money coming here, and there are very strategic companies that come and sell out. Uh, they, they sell millions of dollars worth of product. They line up 
uh, deals, they line up projects. The number of projects in this week that got financed, and we don't even, and we won't know anything about for right. three or four months, mm-hmm. six months, mm-hmm. uh, is un, is you know is untold. Uh, but I know for you know, I know for a fact having talked to, I just talked to a developer. It's a long, old, longtime friend of mine who at this show lined up three investors that I had introduced him to last year, who weren't interested. Came back this year, different, uh, slightly different thesis for the project, and uh, slightly larger, better interconnect, and he lined up a 300 megawatt project wow. here at the Trade Show floor, right? With with investors who said no a year ago. So the persistence, but the ability to be able to see face to face, to uh, to establish that trust, um, you know, that's that's what the that's the essence of what the show can bring. I'm almost sad to be leaving because <laughs> yeah. I met new friends, yeah. I shook new hands, and. I'm not going to see these great people oh, for like yeah. six yeah. months or a year. Yeah. It'll be a little you sad. Can, you can be in a space <laughs> here where everybody understands what you're talking about. And that, I find that thing, that's, that's the most frustrating when I'm back in where, wherever I end up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, you, can't, you can't have those conversations until we get to show on Friday. Well, you know, <laughs> we, we, just to, to add to that, I think that, yeah, there's a tremendous amount of business happening. There is uh, there's camaraderie. There's learning. There's an incubation of ideas. There's forming of partnerships. There's probably some M&A activity happening, right? Certainly scouting. Jay and I got out, got out of here last night. We jumped on a couple of those, uh, that little li- that little unicorn, <laughs> lime. the lime yeah. or the, sp- the spin or the, sp- yeah, you know, those guys. We, we boogied on off to the um, uh, Mosaic Soiree and Mosaic is an amazing organization with Billy Parrish at the helm and a bunch of good friends, David Rosinski. And, uh, and, you know, and, and we sat there and the reason I bring this up is, of course, let me tell you, this party was great and the food was spectacular. The drinks were awesome. Okay, get that out of the way. <laughs> but we're sitting there and Jay and I really didn't do a lot of moving. We were pretty tired, okay? And we met like four or five people, and each person was more amazing than the next. Mm. We had a, we met a fella, and I'm, I'm not going to remember all the names, but we met a fella with a company called, I think it was called Solar Holler, mm-hmm. out of uh, I want to say West Virginia, <laughs> and he like was yeah, he's like seventy percent of all solar business. If I'm not mistaken, correct me here, Jay. No, I think uh, it, it, and, it, and he's he's a, this guy's a maverick, and he uh, is 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 putting solar on um, on on coal miners' homes, and he's bringing that language, and he's bringing. Uh, 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 he's bringing oh, employment wow. and he's doing amazing things. That's one fella, right? Huh. And then right after that, I'm talking to a guy that has created a That's new uh, penetration mechanism for slate roofs. And he's telling me, well, how many slate roofs are across the country? And I'm like, wow, I got a slate roof that I don't know what to do with right now. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then right after that, we're talking to CD uh, Green Tech yeah. and about uh, their new ensemble product, which not to confuse with yeah. Enphase Enphase Ensemble, ensemble. Yeah, both equally later. amazing, two <laughs> totally different things. Yeah. But the ensemble financing mechanism and that spectacular and that's partnership with Mosaic, and then they're they're basically able to you know um, alleviate the cash flow problems of solar installers, which is a huge thing. So yeah. just, that was that was the space of like an hour and a half. You know, it's like one inspiring conversation, and there were more. <laughs> I mean, and I'm just you know, going, what, what's next? Somebody tell me they're building a rocket ship? I mean, it's <laughs> like, <laughs> it was crazy. Solar-powered rocket ship. Solar-powered yeah. rocket ship. That's, that's <laughs> Musk. He's going to pop out of there. Well, this show is always a, uh, it's drinking from a high, fire hydrant, right? And it's uh, and it can be overwhelming both in scope and, um, and in size. And one of the things that, uh, that seems to never stop growing as well is the education track. Mm-hmm. I felt like even in this little ballroom, everywhere you look, there's a stage, right? We got a stage. There's a stage in right. the community center right here. There's a big stage on the backside. Um, you know, one of the things, if I had an ask of sets is uh, it, it would be really – it doesn't seem like there's a way to repurpose that content. And a lot of folks uh. walk around the show. And, I mean, think about if your only opportunity to present is on the one little stage in the community stage. 
and there's no really real way it's not being recorded like the podcast lounge is there's no real way to repurpose that content i think that in an ever in an increasingly digital visual visual video driven world um there's a there's some uh there's something left on the table there for sets to be able to take that content to the next level and uh if i hadn't asked that's what i would put on the table for sets i'm I'm curious what, how you guys feel about what could what could the show be doing better? Now that's that, that right there that is an excellent recommendation. We did a show last year uh, live on the, on one of the stages, the trainer stage, I think, and and that was fantastic. But um, and there are ticketed sessions, right? There's actually pay to to enter sessions, but the majority of this content is free to attendees. Mm-hmm. And if you have um, access to it, I mean, that's what the app should be doing mm-hmm. in my mind. That the, the, the SPI app uh, should definitely be packaging that content for you and you can get it after the fact you've paid for your ticket yeah let's go or if there was some central like database or repository and you could just take your mobile phone and you could record what's happening there yeah and that would allow you know quickly to be able to get you know it might not be crowdsource it yeah yeah. i mean you know it it, because then you you, you're going to have access to it and you're going to be able to share that you know so that could be that could be a nice uh, asset to have i've actually attended conferences before that they do put presentation papers up Mm -hmm. video and audio and as a PV Magazine USA author, I, you know, I don't have the time to write about every interview. You know, I did about 10 interviews with different companies over the yeah. last day and a half, two days. Got 10, 20 pages of notes, lots of information. It's going to take me months mm-hmm. to get it out. But these other things that occurred that I just didn't, I, I just couldn't get to. I mean, there's so much going on. I need to go access that information and deliver it to the readers because yeah. they need the education. That's yep. we, we got to keep pushing it. That's and I've job. had that before. And it's a great tool, so I, you know, that's a great suggestion you got there, Nico. I, I'd back that. I, I, and I'd make use of it so yeah. that it doesn't get wasted, mm. because that's a lot of. I mean, we're just pouring knowledge out. Yeah. So many of us, we know so many things, and we got to get it out to everybody. Fantastic. Well, I think that well, you know, there's probably some stuff that we can do to help uh, as a as a community to bring that to fruition as well. But yeah, this is our call out to sets. Let's see. Uh, let's think really think <laughs> about how to make 2020 uh, show where. There's not there's not a whole lot of FOMO, right? Like you can actually, I mean, you know, there, it's, it's impossible to catch everything. Mm. Um, but things happen concurrently. We're thinking about having two crews, right? Yep. We're looking at having two podcast lounges in the next one, right? Like there it's, you go. Uh, it is uh, an ever increasing and expanding. We're probably gonna have more, more than twenty thousand attendees in twenty twenty. So, uh, well, guys. It's been it's been a lot of fun. Uh, your kids and mine are waiting on us to go get on a plane <laughs> and get back home. I wonder if you have a final word. Final word as we round out this roundup and the final recording for 2019. Maybe we'll start with who's going to raise their hand. Final I'll, word, I'll, John Weaver. I'll yeah. give it a shot. Um, the final word is that we have a lot of knowledge. We're progressing quickly. Uh, it might become that these types of gatherings are a necessity if we really want to keep learning because there's there's just so many tools out there it's impossible to get through the press releases it's impossible to get mm-hmm. through all the articles and if you just you do your beeline walk spend three minutes at each booth that matters and, and then you got to go but it's the knowledge that flows through this room it's it's invaluable and it's gonna it's gonna increase the value of the industry over the next year because we've all just learned 20 things that we're yep. now going to apply yeah yep, yep. Uh, for me, it's really the fact that, that innovation is not slowing down. We are speeding in a really good direction as coming off this week for in my, in my mind. All the naysayers out there, like you said, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait to see next year. I just can't. Oh, boy. I got to tell you, I'm having a conversation back home with a fellow. His name is Kapona Ai. 
and he's a kumu, he's a priest, he's a Hawaiian priest elder. And uh, I asked him, probably about a month prior to the show, I was thinking, would it be interesting to get uh, some perspective from ancient Hawaiian society about renewable energies? And he started to have this really kind of nice dialogue with me about how the wind and the sun and the, the tides, they're, they're not just resources to be exploited, but they're a spirit. They're the spirit of our ancestors, or the spirit of our, our society, of, our, of humanity. And he said it in a really, I mean, a really genuine on point kind of way to the point where he said, if we want to continue this conversation, I want you to bring your daughter to our next chat. And when I'm out here seeing all this innovation, all this technology, all this amazing, you know, there's a lot of good feel. There's a spirit here too, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's, he, I think he kept me kind of centered as I was watching it all, that it's a much, much bigger picture. Mm -hmm. We're working towards the technology to save the planet, to uh, do amazing things. And I, I just feel really privileged to have thought about that, to have that experience with him and to have seen it from that perspective. My final word is, uh, I'm going to take two words from you, actually. Okay. So yesterday you taught me the word zuke, and I saw so many folks walking around here with zuke, right? <laughs> but in the meantime, my other, my other final word is mahalo, because I feel like there's, there's a lot of... Mahalo, I mean, aloha, yeah. love. Thank yeah. you all for uh, participating with us. <laughs> yep. there's, a lot of, there's a lot of really amazing positive energy shared and transferred, and... I, I'm constantly amazed in this setting. The, it's so energizing because we're surrounded by creators, right? Yeah. I feel like in a, in a, in a sales sense, and often in this, in this environment, we have to pull together because we're fighting a better fight, but we still get caught up in the infighting, right? Who's better than whom? And there's a lot of takers, right? You get in the, you get in the marketplace and it's all about the lowest price and there's a lot of folks that just take, they take your energy, they take your money. When we're, when we're in this space, I'm surrounded by givers and creators. And it reminds me that this industry was built on good ideas, right? Mm -hmm. So Good fundamentals. Yeah. And so in the truest sense of, uh, of you know, our brethren from Solar Coaster and Hawaii, mahalo. Mahalo for, uh, for all that are headed back home. And thank you to SETS. Solar Energy Trade Shows. Thanks to Sia and SIPA for hosting this event, for bringing us all together. We will be out in the regional shows in some form or other. So we look forward to seeing you out there. And certainly, we'll see you in Anaheim. Bring your kids. Get ready for Disneyland. I was going to say a mahalo and a hui ho until we meet again. <laughs>